This podcast is brought to you in part by Specialties. Are you in a band that wants merch, but you're not sure where to go? Are you looking for great quality and affordable pricing? Do you have a design that you'd like to put on a koozie for your favorite consumable beverage? How about office swag for your job or giveaway items for your events? Okay, you get the point. Look no further than special tees for all of your heart's printing desires. This is not my magnum opus listeners can act now and get 10% off your first order if you tell them could be better sent you. Visit their website at www.special-tees.com or use the link in the show notes to get the conversation started. You can even call ahead and visit their showroom to see the types of products they offer. Again, telling them could be better sent you via email, phone call, or carrier pigeon will get you that 10% off your first order. That's special-tees.com. Special Tees. If you haven't worked with them, they want to work with you. This is Not My Magnum Opus is proud to be a part of the Could Be Better podcast network. We're passionate about creating and using these platforms to dive into topics such as exploring lo-fi, impulsive, small, and otherwise overlooked artworks and creative practices, what happened in the world this week and how to laugh through or at it, and hearing stories from musicians from all walks of life. Check out these podcasts, Could Be Better, This Is Not My Magnum Opus, and The Weekly with Kiki, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can visit couldbebettermeh.com slash podcasts in the show notes to see the current shows on the Could Be Better podcast network. Come join us as we discover more about ourselves, the community around us, and maybe even something worth sharing. Or not. Now, here's our show. Hello, and welcome to This Is Not My Magnum Opus, a podcast about small and lo-fi artworks, creative practice, and what it means to be an artist. I'm your host, Nicole Ringel, and I'm here with my partner and producer, Spencer Newcomb. Hi there, Nicole. Hey, Spencer. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. So I kind of want to start this episode with a question. Okay. I got a question for you. For me? Uh, Yes, for you. Okay. Uh, So would you rather... We're going real old school. We're going okay. with a would you rather. Uh-huh. Would you rather switch bodies with another person for a whole year Oof. or relive one year uh, of your life as yourself now? Like my current body and age go back to a previous your, year. Your current like being goes back and relives a year. Like my soul with yeah. my memories mm-hmm. currently, but like past body to Correct. the time. Yes. Oh, that one, 100%. Immediately. Yes. You would not want to live as someone else for a year. No. The idea take... of like switching bodies with someone else yeah. is like horrifying to me. I would never want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> not even a temptation at all to no. see how anyone and else And it's lives. funny, like I don't even think like... I have like kind thoughts about my own body all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, but mm-hmm. like, but the idea of switching with someone else is yeah. like wholly terrifying. Interesting. What about you? I mean, I think I would. That's the thing. I I, I came up with a question because uh, I was like, would it be tempting at all to be someone else? Because um, I have a certain idea in mind as a follow up question. Um, did I answer right for the follow-up? Oh, oh no, I, there is no right or wrong. Um, I, I love how how like immediate it was that you were like, absolutely, I'm myself, I'm reliving something. Honestly, I didn't even know that I would have that reaction. Like yeah. I've never thought about it as a hypothetical, like switching bodies with someone. Mm-hmm. 
like in an embodied way, mm-hmm. like as a hypothetical, if you're not like actually thinking about like, oh, what would it feel like to be someone else? Yeah. Like I can see how it would be tempting to For be sure. like, oh, let me like switch bodies with an Olympian or mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Would it change at all if when you switched bodies, you also had that person's memories? Oh man, that's so, so hold, scary. You could hold both. Yeah, I think, oh my God, you know what that reminds me of? Hmm. Um, did you ever hear about the guy who wanted to become a goat? No. Okay, so what there, is this? <laughs> <laughs> so this, I swear it was like a BuzzFeed article when BuzzFeed was cool. Like this was probably <laughs> like eight or nine years ago. Um, I don't want to say 10 years, that sounds too long. Um, <laughs> but um, it was about this guy who wanted to know what it felt like to be a goat. And mm. so he worked with, he must have been rich. He like worked with like scientists to come up with like prosthetic like limbs that he could wear to like make his lo- arms and legs like the right proportion. Yeah. And then like they literally, man, this, I hope this isn't fake information, but I remember this existing. Mm. This guy like built a helmet to like inhibit brain waves to like what? change his brain <laughs> like while he had the helmet on. Uh-huh. To be more like a goat, so he could have the sensation of what it was like to be a goat. This sounds so fake sounds as I'm saying it out loud. Pretty damn fake. But I swear to God, it was a thing <laughs> yeah. that I definitely believed was real when I read about right, it, like right. a long time ago. That's bonkers. We'll put in the show notes if it's real <laughs> or not. I'm definitely gonna look it up when we're done with this. But so, anyways, yeah. the idea of like. Uh, you know, I think it's an existential thing that we all think about that, like, we're limited to what it's like to be our own self. Yes. And, like, the mystery of what it's like to be another person yeah. uh, is perplexing because mm-hmm. it also triggers this idea of, like, uh, what if I am the only self-aware being in the world sure. and everything else around me is a construct, right. right, of my own imagining. Like, there's no way around that. Like, right. so I guess, like, the prospect of uh, no way around that, like, if you want to follow that logical train, there's mm-hmm. no way to, like, bypass it besides just, like, common sense mm-hmm. if you want to frame it that way, <laughs> which I do. Like, yeah. I don't think that I'm the only person who's self aware yeah. in the world, but, uh, Anyways, the idea, the prospect of like, oh, you can live as someone else to like understand how like having a different biochemistry can inform like how you perceive the world and feel things and yeah. remember things. Right. Yeah. The uh, the origin of like this would you rather for me is like, I want to tie it back into our guest this week, uh, is the origin of like how you see yourself in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, like the, would you rather of like, if you were someone else for a year and like, you knew what they knew, how, how different would it be from like how you feel every day? Um, or like, yeah, if you could go back to a, a, you know, a a year of your life and relive it, um, and you could, you know, refeel those feelings with what you know now, Mm -hmm. like, how do you feel like it would change you moving forward? Yeah, I think... That prospect totally does relate to our guest today Mm -hmm. because we're going to share a conversation with Kayla Rafferty, Mm -hmm. um, who's a Frederick artist and graphic designer, uh, painter, and just all around creative, lovely human. Mm -hmm. Um, And her experience of art is um, 
both as kind of a healing force, but also, and I think predominantly like a cathartic force. For sure. Um, kind of an avenue for both expressing and like making space for feelings, I think is absolutely how she approaches making. Um, and that's almost like the driving factor of her art. Mm-hmm. Like she's um, not really a pre-planner in how she approaches each um, painting, right? She's kind of like, she just kind of, uh, follows her own impulses and feelings in the process. Um, and in that, I think she grows and kind of, uh, reflects on her own life experiences and the end result is it, it like embodies the growth that she has through her experiences, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I enjoyed listening to this conversation, um, specifically because yeah, you can see a through line, very clearly with, with mm-hmm. Kayla, with, um, uh, you know, uh, struggles in past life, uh, that, um, for our work is catharsis for like, as someone who has moved through, um, moves like mo- moved through life and has grown, uh, yeah, has this, uh, has this art practice, um, that is like you said, like cathartic. Mm-hmm. It really, it speaks to, I think, how she felt at a certain point in her life and potentially what she needed, like Mm -hmm. an acceptance of self. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it does, it it inhabits her current thought process as well Mm -hmm. as like this celebration of self. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's cool. You get to see both. Like uh, we talk about, um, she has a series of like uh, paintings of faces that are, are wild and colorful. Some of them are missing pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and then, you know, series of, of bodies, um, that are like pretty cheeky and like <laughs> provocative. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, super colorful. Um, and super interesting. Every time I think about her work, I just think about that you always get parts and never the whole, right? Right. Like the faces, even the faces themselves are missing certain facial features. Mm-hmm. Um, they're never painted with a body form. Right. And so like, Kayla even talks about in the interview a kind of separation there and like that being connected to the kind of um, challenging feelings and experiences that she processes in her work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I always go back to that um, kind of separation as kind of the the cornerstone of what is meaningful in her work. Mm. I feel like she's a very uh, raw, honest, and uh, joyous person. Yes, the thought, the word that came to my mind as yeah. we were talking about it was wholesome. Wholesome. And it's funny because, like, the content in her work is not necessarily, like, family-friendly right, all the time, right. depending on what your family is like. Like, no shade to anybody. Right. It's, but it's provocative. <laughs> but, yeah, it's on, provocative. On um, but it's wholesome in that she, like, offers an experience of her work that is, like... I think she says at a certain point, she doesn't care, like, what your response mm-hmm. is. Like, she has, like, an ideal, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but she really offers um, an avenue to feel your feelings. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, that's what she wants to offer. I think that she's... Um, if I understood her correctly from the interview, she's offering space for people to make space for um, kind of processing their own feelings, just like she does as she makes each thing. Yeah. Listener, what would you do 
<laughs> Would you rather be someone else for a year? I'm going back to my original premise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's get into this yeah, interview. With that, um, we did talk about a couple of different artworks. Uh, if you want to check them out, we posted them on our social media. Um, on our Instagram, uh, you can follow us at uh, This Is Not My Magnum Opus. We also linked to uh, Kayla's website and also her Instagram in the show notes. So be sure to check it out. Hello, Kayla. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me over in your home oh. and studio. Um, oh, shucks. It's just the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, but you gave me a little tour of your creative space um, before we sat down here, which was a treat. Because even though we are friends, I'd never seen it before. So it was really nice oh, true, to true. be able to see kind of your whole collection of painting. Yes. Well, it's a privilege, you know, <laughs> especially with your um, descriptive eye and vocabulary. You know, but it's just yeah. exciting to... I'm I'm just excited to like talk about mm. art and yeah. like hear your opinions on my artwork because mm-hmm. it's always interesting like people say like what do you think of like what you make like what does it mean you know mm-hmm. and it's like well what do you what do you think like what's your take so right and it's like also connected to that idea of like an artwork isn't really finished until somebody's talking about it you know that like reaction Mm -hmm. to the art being like really central to like what the art is and like how it means in the world and like you don't really get that until somebody looks at it and I think about that a lot we both have partners who are musicians (laughs) yeah um uh, they play in the same same band. Yes, TV. <laughs> um, yes, who you heard at the top of the podcast and at the end um, for as long as you've been listening um, to the the show. But um, with musicians, like they're able to collaborate so much more mm-hmm. than when you paint. Um, and yes. so being able to like be in a space with another artist mm-hmm. um, to look at your work is always like so meaningful so I'm glad that we get to share this space together yes and it's very different because like my partner hates paint like Mm. messy does not want to work with paint likes black and white so and I'm the exact opposite I like chaos messy like all that shtick so (laughs) it's nice to like have a conversation with someone that also likes that if Mm-hmm. Not not this and yeah. It's nice to be yeah. in contrast with people, and then it's also nice to find your kind of kindred yes. spirit. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, well, whenever we start these conversations, we always like to kind of um, point back to kind of your origin story <gasps> and kind of your um, you know first love in art. <laughs> and so uh, the question that I always kind of start with is, uh, what was the first time that you felt like you were or wanted to become an artist? Ooh, see, that's like a tough question. I feel like because. I've always been drawn to, like, making stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. there's, like, old videos of me, like, making rainbows. And I'm like, look, it's art. Like, look what I made. It's so awesome. Mm -hmm. And my parents were always supportive. They were always like, make art. Do it. You're good at it. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Believe, believe in yourself. <laughs> you know, amazing. Um, so I always had that support, and it's always meant a lot to me because you know there's some people that didn't have that support growing up. So, like, I feel for them, but I always did, and like, I always, I, I think when I first like got serious was like middle school. Because, like, I discovered um, an artist named Alex Party, mm-hmm. and he makes, like, these creepy little illustrations out of, like, ink and, mm-hmm. like, pen. And I was like, that's so fucking cool. <laughs> like, that's so badass. I want to be like that. Like, mm-hmm. it's so creepy. And, like, I was one of those kids that was like, I'm, like, an email kit so it's like anything yeah. like edgy alternative I was like that's that's those mm-hmm. are my people that's my shtick you know so you know what I started like getting into making like little creepy creatures and stuff like that just like nonsense you know mm-hmm. and then like I was kind of like on and off with art for a while because like in high school I had an art teacher she like shit on everything i did she was just like she was like that looks like shit that looks like shit she was she would say that like she was like that looks like shit and i was like i'm just done i don't care i was like i give up you know and then uh, i went to college i went to fcc Mm-hmm. And uh, I started taking art classes, and I had this one teacher who I don't remember her name, mm-hmm. but she was this cute little blonde woman. <laughs> and uh, she was like, she was watching me sketch something for class. And she was like, no, just be aggressive. Just make that line. And I was like, making make excuses I was like oh I can't have tremors like my hand shakes I don't have control and she was like you do just go for it she was mm-hmm. like if you make a mistake just roll with it just mm-hmm. accept it and keep just keep on mm-hmm. and I was like oh yeah yeah okay like you know like she she told me like even like if you make big mistakes, you can transform it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I carried that with me, like, with my art classes, graphic design classes, and stuff like that. Like, I would just make do if I made a mistake, mm-hmm. you know? And kind of just, you know, see where it takes me, mm-hmm. you know? For sure. Uh in like in 2018, I went through a very traumatic event in my life. It was a toxic breakup that was very abusive towards the end. And that's when I started getting into painting faces, like mm. missing parts of yourself. And um, a lot of it reflects like my mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like all my pieces kind of reflect that. And, you know... I feel like I held on to that thing for a long time because I lost sight of myself within that relationship. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I was taking back parts of me that were being stripped away. Mm-hmm. And then I also started getting to um, 
like femme uh art you know like mm-hmm. uh what's the right word making um femme bodies you know with mm-hmm. missing limbs missing their heads and stuff which kind of bizarre but like also reflecting parts of myself mental health mm-hmm. so, I want to like kind of that yes. was like such a like compelling story oh from god I felt like I was just rambling <laughs> no, oh. no no that was um you gave us a really nice um like narrative to Thanks. follow through like ah. your whole trajectory but um yeah I feel like there was a lot there and I want to like I was just of, like, like um, no yeah. no not at all I just um <laughs> like I um I've, I've taught drawing before and so yes. that like moment of like I think a lot of people understand drawing to be like knowing how to draw a perfect line to describe what you see and Mm -hmm. so much of drawing is iteration right it's kind of this like uh knowing that the first line is going to be incorrect and like constantly reaching for a better line yes (laughs) and I think that there's something about that um that also like maybe like kind of is a dig on like whatever teacher told you you weren't (laughs) you know doing well Mm -hmm. and like I've had this conversation with other artists too where it's like you start sizing up your skills or Mm -hmm. your like your talent quote unquote um, at such an early age in our educational system Mm -hmm. that's like it's so wrong like it's so wrong and like just from teaching drawing for as many times as I have it's like I get so many students who like think that they can't draw and it's so wrong because like it's a it's a technical skill that anybody can learn Mm -hmm. you know and so um anyways it's um just a kind of reflection on that that first kind of I like that spark that was like you know that spark for me it was it was good too (laughs) but then you know um I think there's something really powerful about that moment of being like oh I can make a mark yeah. and that kind of mm-hmm. um it sounded like it was something that was very empowering to you yes because like I still reflect on it today you know like mm-hmm. just like she was only so uh, like considerate and like mm-hmm. even everyone in the class there were some people that took that class just for credit like mm-hmm. it was obvious yeah, but yeah. when it was time for critiques she only said something like, oh, like, even if they were like, yeah, I just, like, you know, drew shit. She was like, mm-hmm. no, I see organic life. I see a form. And I'm like, ah, I love this woman. Like, ah, yeah. oh. It's you know. that, um, you know, bringing your whole self to a space yes. to fully consider the work of the people who have brought their work to the space. There's something mm-hmm. very sacred about that. Yes, I think so, too, because you know it's such a um vulnerable thing to like display your artwork to other people and it's like you don't know what type of reaction they're gonna have like Mm -hmm. uh i've shown like some of my pieces to my parents in the past and they're like oh like should we take her to a therapist like (laughs) is she okay like it's creepy like oh it's Mm. odd but they always encourage me and like like I said like with that educational system it's so sad that like we don't get that support sometimes we get the exact opposite Mm -hmm. and then but like you find those gems like you as a teacher (laughs) or my one teacher from FCC yeah yeah like that tell you like uh uh-uh 
Like, mm-hmm. you're not doing anything incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Like, you just need to push through and see what you can do with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, so yeah. I don't suck. Like, so cool. from So from that moment of like, oh... Like, I get it. I can push mm-hmm. through this barrier that was keeping me from this creative expression that yeah. was, like, important to you early on. Like, what was that mm. rediscovery like? Oh, my God. Well, like, where did it start? Like, because um, I know yeah. we're going to get into your face paintings and then yes. the paintings of the figures. Mm-hmm. But I imagine there was something before that. Like, what Like mm-hmm. what was the next chapter? Um. Yeah, definitely. Like, when I was in school, I was mainly focused on, like, the art I made for school but I always tried to have like fun with it of course Mm -hmm. so um I think one of the best moments was I I entered an art show at FCC and I won like first place and I wanted honorable mention and I was like oh my god I'm hot shit (laughs) and that was for graphic design and um I don't really talk about, like, my graphic design side. But, like, I'm, you know, like, my job is graphic designer at, like, mm-hmm. a small sign company, Frederick Sennepiner. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do work, you know, as a graphic designer. And I feel like that was actually my next step as mm-hmm. an artist was getting into graphic art because I focused so much of that in college that like it kind of like took over my life you know for a bit Mm -hmm. but like then that I still had time to like create these faces and stuff which um definitely helped me through like my mental health like I said earlier Mm -hmm. and I did get the date wrong I mean I started making femme bodies in 2018 I started Mm -hmm. making faces way before that but still gotcha um Cool. So we can dive into talking about the face paintings a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, so yeah. Um, this mm-hmm. is the this is not my magnum opus podcast. So we always like to start with an artwork that's like maybe mm. like smaller in scope um, yeah. than what we end up with. Yes. Um, and so um, we're gonna start by talking about a few of your um, face paintings, which mm-hmm. are gorgeous. <gasps> um, Thank you. Uh, oh. But I wonder if you could um, you know tell us a little bit about um, kind of the context more in depth yeah so a lot of like my face paintings and like my face artwork um revolve around a lot of my mental health because I do what you know struggle it struggle with it from like a day-to-day basis like anxiety depression I feel like most people nowadays are like that of course with the way the world's going but I digress because at least I used art as like a way to deal with that Mm -hmm. and most of the time when I make art I try to be in a in a a state of emotion whether that be like anger happiness you know depression whatever like I want to draw from how I feel and Mm -hmm. so like one of my pieces with like you know the blue background she's missing half her face very peachy face with mm-hmm. tones of yellow with like nice coral lips um 
you know, well, I chose these colors for like a softer complexion, a very like nice calm background, but like half her face is, you know, missing. It's like a part of herself is missing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I do that a lot with like my face pieces or it's like a very close up shot because it's just like representing like a part of you has been like ripped away and you're mm-hmm. trying to like form back together even without the missing piece you mm-hmm. know and like at the same time like a face is like like the kind of cliche like the wind or the eyes are the window into your soul yes. right it's a very uh. intense <laughs> um, yeah and like the most personal um mm-hmm. kind of feature to yeah. focus on and distort yeah and i feel like for most people it's like the first thing you look at you know like you see someone's face and kind of judge them based on how they look and like do they look like they have their shit together do they look like nice person mm-hmm. and like i don't know i try to display that with you know the faces i make mm-hmm. um so you actually brought um two face paintings <gasps> down i here. did and um, <laughs> we've been focusing on um yeah, the one that you described. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a second one that has like really like sharp lines yes. in it and a very mm-hmm. kind of like not pop art, but very like postery sort of style yeah. to it. Um, whereas the one that you just described is very painterly and um, mm-hmm. textured and like you can see the paint mm-hmm. <laughs> of it. Um, and so I wonder uh, like like if, if there's a stylistic choice there and kind of like the... Um, yeah, the, the distinction there and, like, how that emerged in your practice. Yeah, so well, I like to play around with, you know, textures, shapes, colors. And I feel like when comparing the two, the first one, it's a lot of, like, texture. It's very smooth and delicate, you know. Whereas with the other one, it's, like, very sharp lines. It's kind of more aggressive. Mm. I like to think. Um, but like they're similar, but they're also drastically different. Mm-hmm. And like I, I feel like if you're not going into art with chaos, <laughs> like <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? You know, because like that's the funnest part is like mm. at least for me, because some people when they get into art, they have a plan. You know, Mm -hmm. they're like, they think about it. They sketch it out a couple of times. Me, I'm like, all right, let's fucking see what this one turns out. Let's fucking go. (laughs) And uh, like with that one, I made so many mistakes. Like, Mm -hmm. and I was like pissed off and I'd like put it in the corner for days and I'd stare at it and go pick it up, put it back down, pick it up. Put it back down. So then are you like a person who jumps right into a canvas or do yes. you have like a sketchbook practice? No, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I get the canvas, I draw on it and I'm like, okay, here's my sketch that took me like 15 minutes to do. Mm-hmm. Let's paint. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I because I'm too eager, I get too yeah. excited. I'm like, I want to jump into the color. I want, I want to experiment with texture. Like... And it, and it falls in line with this, like, art as catharsis mentality, right? It's like, mm-hmm. um, like the act of making is doing something and, like, mm-hmm. uh, for you. And so, like, leaning into the part that's exciting yes. is, like, you know, 
ultimately empowering your creative goal of mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm going to express something here. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, there's some people that like get a rush from like, I don't know, roller coasters and stuff like that. I get a rush when I finish a piece or like I'm like on a roll and I'm just like mm-hmm. going for it. And I'm like, I don't know where it's going to go. Mm -hmm. But I'll figure it out when I get there, you know, because like um, with my most recent piece, I just knew in the back of my head, I was like, I want moss, like I want to use moss, you know, Mm -hmm. and we'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, I have dried flowers. Why not use that? Oh, Mm -hmm. I can use green paint for the background. Let's see how that goes, you know, but it Mm -hmm. was just like. Let's just see what happens, you know. It's so funny that you're bringing that up because um, the next thought I was going to to bring to you was um, like wondering about um, like if it was always paint, right? Like I know mm-hmm. that you talked about your drawing class and like learning like mm-hmm. to kind of push through that initial mark making. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, like to me, like paint, paint and painting is something that I always return to. Um, right. It's something like... Uh, like my art has taken a lot of different forms over the past, you know, mm-hmm. however many years. Um, <laughs> but painting was always kind of my first love and like drawing too. Mm-hmm. Um, but there will be like years that I don't paint at all and I do like other stuff and yeah. then I'll like return to it and be like, oh my God, like there's something so like, like nice about just the material yes. of paint. And I love paint brushes mm-hmm. and I love like how the bristles feel. Like it's almost like sensual to me. Yeah. Like I like, I love paint. <laughs> I and too. I like wonder like, oh my God, like yes. how that's um if it's always been paint and painting for oh, you or if there are like that's other things. Such that you- a fun question. I love that question. Because I don't think I've always had a love for paint. Um I think I just had a love for making things, you know, mm-hmm. uh creating. And so when uh, I started using paint, I was like, oh, like, because with paint, you could be gentle, you could be soft, or you could be like crazy, rough, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what I love about paint is that I feel like to a degree, it's very forgiving, you know, mm-hmm. that's at least what I think, because some people are too afraid of paint, and to that, I say, don't, don't be afraid because it's just, it's chaos in small tubes and it's wonderful. <laughs> it's so fun. And that's what I love. Like I said, the chaotic feel like, have you ever just like taken paint and just put it in your hands? <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Like, I've, and I'm just like, oh, this this is it and there's a joy too when your palette is like absolutely full and Mm -hmm. you're like done with your painting so you like let it sit for a couple of days (gasps) and then like I always use a glass palette so I have to get my glass scraper and like scrape the like layers I collect it I collect it it's in a mason jar upstairs right now (laughs) and I open it and I'm like ah terrible but so beautiful yeah and it I don't know it's just like it's such a, it's a rush. It is. It's so, it's so cheesy to say that, but like, I get such a rush from like completing a piece and, you know, it turns out how I want it to be. 
you know mm-hmm. other people don't have to like my art mm-hmm. but as long as i look at it and i'm like oh that's how i felt when i looked at it like that's all that matters mm-hmm. you know for sure um okay so i want to kind of circle back we talked about <gasps> the, yes. the faces mm-hmm. um but you brought another piece down that you've already kind of talked about a little bit um yes. but i wonder if you can introduce that one mm-hmm. to us and maybe even connect it into the kind of story that we mm-hmm. have going with kind of the origin of the face motif yeah kind of carrying us into kind of a mm-hmm. new chapter yes definitely so like i said earlier uh like, my faces reflect, like, my mental health and mental health journey and stuff like that. And I feel like that gravitated towards um, the body because, you know, I was going through, like, a sense of, um, like, identity crisis and not knowing who I really was and such. And when I went through, like, that, you know, traumatic experience... I started, like, looking at other parts of myself, like, instead of, like, the mental ones, the physical ones, like, mm. my body, you know. Um, I think everyone has, like, a love-hate relationship with their body. Um, I'm just telling my story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've always looked at my body with, like, disgust or, like, awkwardness and not understanding it Mm -hmm. and I was afraid I was very afraid of it and I feel like over time as you know I started making these like femme body figures I started to like have self-love for like what I saw on the Mm -hmm. outside as well as the inside you know like accepting who I was and Mm -hmm. all the baggage I come with and like Like, I'm like, oh, it's cool. Like, there's, like, everyone's like this. And then, you know, looking at my outer appearance and me, like, oh, this is cool. Like, I like this shit, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that's how, like, the faces to, like, the body have kind of adapted where it's, like, mental health, like, the inner works, Mm -hmm. like, healing my inner self and then healing what I see on the outside Mm. so it's just like me 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 you know (laughs) that's okay I think it's so interesting Mm. to like um like this uh dissociation of Mm -hmm. you know your mental state versus your like your body like Mm -hmm. being so present in our culture but in fact Mm -hmm. like your brain (laughs) exists in your body right it's like one cohesive Uh system and so like there's something about that here where it's like you you know spent you know however long in your practice like thinking about like your like different faces and like that Mm -hmm. representing you and then going from there to like this deep dive into um like the femme body right to kind of like fully kind of um devote like time and space and celebration to that um I wonder like how that resonates to you and if you see a kind of like merging of the like like kind of like head space and body space (laughs) in the kind of journey of this work I feel like honestly only time will tell like how I you know reconfigure if I combine the two like um Mm -hmm. I guess that I 
I just depend a lot on, like, my feelings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm a very emotional person, so I trust my gut. I trust, you know, where my headspace is at. And, like, it leads me to, you know, making beautiful art. and For sure. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, in this um, most recent painting. I think it's the first time that I've seen you in your work kind of like break out into three dimensions beyond <gasps> yes. paint. And so um, you talked about having the impulse for moss and flowers yes. and kind of incorporating <laughs> that in. But I wonder mm-hmm. if um, you have um, more thoughts there that you could like walk us through of like how that kind of came to be. Yeah, so honestly, like I feel like it's more simple I did like a maybe a more uh boring answer but like I like texture I like to feel things I'm like a child on crack you know <laughs> like if I see something you know pokey I want to touch it uh-huh you know so like I was always the kid in grocery stores where like my parents had to keep me away from the meat aisle because yes. I was just like which is so disgusting no, I can't believe I, said I did that. it too but, like, I just I always was the kid who like wanted to poke the play-doh you know yes. there's something about like <laughs> my parents would get me like those squishy toys I collected silly putty as a kid <laughs> it was disgusting I had it in like a gallon like Ziploc bag and that I I loved it and it weighed like five pounds but like I just <laughs> oh loved God. touching it it was gross that's it a was lot disgusting. of silly buddy <laughs> like I said it was Amazing. really gross it was disgusting but uh like I just love like interactive pieces not saying like people should like go up and like rip the moss off but like <laughs> right. if you want I don't know if you want to go up to my piece and like touch her bush you know you have my (laughs) consent you have her consent uh no but seriously like just like seeing textured and stuff like that like that's why i like use oil pastels or i use um molding paste sometimes is to create like a thin layer of texture you know Mm -hmm. for sure Okay, so we've um, we've talked a lot about um, your kind of like investigation of the female form mm-hmm. and that kind of being like a journey um, for you and kind of this period of growth um, and kind of like uh, processing your, your own emotions. Um, and also, um, like when I think about um, like femme figures, um, it can feel like loaded context because there's like so many sources of female forms that mm-hmm. both like play into a positive kind of relationship to the body and also like can be the source of like, uh, you know, those feelings of like, like fear or shame around female bodies that like mm. feel like, um, yeah, um, that they're like kind of two worlds kind of that yeah. that um, that we have to experience. And so I wonder um, if you can offer us like kind of your avenue to kind of like tapping into that, to like turning yes. it into like a celebration mm-hmm. for yourself. Yes, because like with this piece specifically, um, I feel like, you know, it's kind of like Mother Nature-esque. And like when we think of, Mother Nature, we think of beauty, youth, you know, uh, just like something to worship. And I feel like that's what, you know, fem bodies 
or you know masculine bodies too you know all bodies are welcome here but just with like the history of like with femme bodies like I always felt like I should be ashamed you know I didn't learn that from you know my parents like I just learned that from media mm-hmm. you know like the news or movies like if you have chub like hide it if you look like this you're ugly if you got glasses you're a nerd you know mm-hmm. which is the least of your worries if you think that but like <laughs> right when you're like 12 years old you know and feel insecure uh that could be a lot you know mm-hmm. and uh, so i feel like where my pieces mix in is what you said like a celebratory like we shouldn't be disgusted. We shouldn't, you know, fear femme bodies. We should just celebrate, appreciate it. Like the people that, you know, tell you the, to hide it. Mm-hmm. It's like, but you praise us for giving life. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's like, a duality. Yeah. And it's like, so you don't want me to show it off, but like, you want me to bear a child like and it's like if those two things may not 100% correlate together but it's still like it's still a body you know mm-hmm. and it's like it should just be celebrated like no matter what yeah. shape size like it's or beautiful let be and be what it yeah, is <laughs> exactly just let it be right you now uh I grew up like I said very insecure I'd I, I thought, oh, I'm too hairy, I'm too this, I'm too that. Like, I remember freshman year of high school, gym locker rooms, I'm wearing, like, you know, granny panties. Everyone else is wearing, like, Victoria's Secret underwear. And I'm like, oh, I'm a hideous, I'm ugly. And it's like, no, you're not. You're just as cute and perky. Um, and like I said, I just, I don't know, I just... I just don't understand why we can't just celebrate and like what our natural form looks like. And I feel like, oh, also, side note, this piece was inspired um, by the piece um, Venus in a Shell. Mm-hmm. Venus in the Half Shell. Yes, Venus mm-hmm. in a Half Shell. I always get that mixed up. <laughs> but um, just her pose, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the sweet, gentle, like, oh. oops i'm here like Mm -hmm. that's kind of like what her body represents and like the moss is kind of like her own shells so it's kind of like emerging from the moss or maybe she's being covered by the moss like her Mm -hmm. true beauty is finally starting to grow and take over her full body like Mm -hmm. there's so many interpretations and like I can, you know, spit shit out of my ass all day. <laughs> but, like, I am always open to interpretation. It's like, mm-hmm. if someone else is like, I don't know, this kind of means, like, you know, this, this, and this to me. It's like, well, then, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's how you feel, you're correct. Mm-hmm. I, like, uh, it all goes back to, like, like I think 
the way that you talk about your own making being like you want to tap into your own kind of emotional experience. Mm -hmm. And then um, it's almost like what you ask of the viewer is just to have the same like um, capacity for an emotional response. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, you have whatever emotional response you want, but just like that offering of space to have emotion and to have that reaction, Mm -hmm. I think is really significant in like the time and space that we live in where like, you know, everything moves really quickly and there's like Ugh. like so much like distraction and like mm-hmm. I, I just think that we live in such a loud time yes <laughs> that, that kind of like offering that is mm-hmm. um significant I always want to try to create like a safe space for people um I've always been like that kind of friend where it's like if you need me I'm here you mm-hmm. know and I like that I like being a safe haven whether it's with you know, conversation or art or whatever it may be. It's just like, if you look at my art and you feel joy, if you look at my art and you feel like, oh, like that's a little raunchy. Like, I don't know how I feel about that, but you felt something. Like I invoke something. (laughs) I opened you up and Mm -hmm. I made you feel disgust like mm-hmm. it it's something so it makes you feel it makes you stop and like think for a sec instead of like you said where it's like go 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 like short attention span on to the next thing it makes you stop and like think so mm-hmm. if, if i could do that job job done you know for sure <laughs> um well we're getting um into our last um few <gasps> minutes here. oh my goodness i know um but i'd like to kind of wrap up um mm-hmm. with um uh like what is uh kind of taking your attention these days like what's kind of, what do you feel yourself being drawn towards or away from creatively mm-hmm. or what um yeah what's kind of holding your interest these days Ooh, see that's a good question too. You're so good. <laughs> um, I I feel like hmm, art wise, mm-hmm. like or art wise, you can take it however you want to. But well, definitely. Well, but I mean, like, just if I like how I want people to look at my art, if it invokes something, you know and it makes you feel something, that's what I want from you. Like, I want to be able to look at someone's art, and I'm like, this makes me feel, like, just, like, explosive. Mm. You know, this makes me feel, like, chaotic. Is there an artwork that you've seen that has had that effect on you? Ooh, that, oh, oh, well, I always go back to, okay, so what? When I went to FCC, we had to do a report on an artist. And there's this artist, artist called George Baslitz. Mm. He's a German artist. Um, and I think about his art from time to time. I know that's not recent, but um, I just think about it from time to time because his artwork, um, it was involved around like World War II. Um, mm. And so he experienced like a lot of, you know, traumatic shit. Mm -hmm. And he made this one piece where it's, I believe, a boy, but it looks like a man. 
or it might be man i'm not 100 percent sure <laughs> and his you know wee wee is out and he actually he put it up in a art gallery and people were so disgusted and they were mm. revolted they were like mm. get that shit out they were like get the mm. fuck out and it's just like i think about him from time to time because it's like it's like what i was saying you know it's like if that makes you feel something like that's powerful mm. like all these people were like ah but like he has these like beautiful works where it's like the um subject matter is upside down or mm-hmm. you know it's very chaotic and it's very destructive and it's like it just makes you think like what is that you know what does it mean you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i think about that from time to time recently not too much which is unfortunate but i think that's tiktok's fault because <laughs> like you were saying it's like go 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 and guess what tiktok does go 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 so <laughs> right, right i'll say that yeah for sure mm. well um thank you so much for making the time <gasps> thank you um to talk with me tonight mm-hmm. i really appreciate it felt good it. yeah it was a great conversation <gasps> yes For images and links to the artwork we discuss on the show, follow us on Instagram at this is not my magnum opus. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. You can also leave us a rating or add a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Music for this podcast was written and performed by Frederick's resident shoegaze band TV. That's T-E-E-V-E-E period. This is not my magnum opus is proud to be part of the Could Be Better podcast network. Executive produced by Chris Perry and Colin McGuire of Could Be Better. This show is made possible by a Maryland State Arts Council creativity grant. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week. Do you like change? Do you love the familiar smells of your bedroom studio? Listen no further, friends, because the Could Be Better podcast is back and as disappointing as ever. Indeed, Chris, this season we are changing almost absolutely nothing. The show will drop on Thursdays and we hope to include guests. We'll also shamelessly plug any and all events of which we are part. So like and follow wherever you listen to podcasts or check out our website, www.couldbebettermeh.com or let's pretend this never happened. I know I will. Me too. And do not forget this could be better.